Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by a Believe Podcast Network. And we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can reach more people. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. Today, we are giving you the other half of our Harry Potter theory. Last week, we had the first half of our Harry Potter theory, and here's a quick recap. At the end of the Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald, we are led to believe that Credence is actually Aurelius Dumbledore, who is Dumbledore's brother. But we don't think that's true. We think Credence's parents are Albus Dumbledore. And Belvina Black. And if you want to hear more about that theory, tune into episode 18 of our Harry Potter theory, part one. So now it's time for the dish. Um, so last night we had a super fun dinner. It was actually the anniversary of the night where we did our themed Harry Potter dinner. So it felt very right to have one of our summer dinner parties. It did. It was so much fun. And just rehashing all the work that we've done and what's how it's led up to this moment. It just felt fulfilling and it came full circle. Yeah, it really did. I mean, we didn't have butterbeer, but we did have some wine. It's called Sarah B. The English translation of Dumbledore is B. Yeah. So we had Sarah B wine, which is like our favorite because it's like a Moscato. It's super fruity. We are exact same with what we, what kind of wines are like, does it taste like juice and not alcohol? Perfect. To give it to us, we're lightweights. We don't care. We're proud of it. Right? Exactly. And you can find it at Trader Joe's, super affordable. We're not yes. affiliated with Trader Joe's. We just no, love we're not affordable line of wines. <laughs> Yeah, go tell the bees that we are gone drinking some wine. Right. <laughs> um, like how many ways can I just theme this wine? But we liked this wine before any we of did. this theming. We've this is like just our big Moscato lovers in yeah, general. This is our like grown up juice that we yeah. like. We did that a lot last summer, a lot of dinners. That's how mm -hmm. we came up with this theory. Because we were sitting around having dinners at my house over the summer, drinking some wine. Out by the fire pit. Out by the fire pit. Yeah, a lot came from it. Okay, so here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. We're talking Harry Potter spoilers, Fantastic Beast spoilers, any Cursed Child spoilers. There might be one. There could be one. So if you have not read the books, watched the movies or any of that, we're about to ruin all of that for you. So make sure you're <laughs> up to date. But we assume that if you're listening to like a Harry Potter theory part two, you've probably done your homework. So Julie, take it away. Where are we starting off here? Okay. I love Jacob Kowalski's character. Me I feel too. like he's hands down the most underrated in this whole Fantastic Beast series. And it made me wonder, like, what is this nomad slash muggle's purpose in this franchise? Yeah, he's like the Olaf of Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Right? He's so much fun. And he is. he's a lot of fun. I just kept thinking, I'm like, there has to be some key things that tie into Jacob's storyline mm -hmm. that need to be addressed here. Hepzibah Smith's storyline was in the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. And it was the way Dumbledore introduced Horcruxes to Harry. So Hepzibah Smith's claim to fame was she's related to Helga Hufflepuff. And that's why she owns the Hufflepuff Cup. It's a family heirloom. She also owns Salazar Slytherin's Locket. She 
was notoriously murdered by Tom Riddle. And I say Tom Riddle because he had not at that point transitioned fully into Lord Voldemort. Yeah. As we all know, the way you create a Horcrux is by committing a murder. Mm -hmm. So he murdered her and took the locket along with the Hufflepuff cup. And that's how he defiled it with dark magic both objects yeah so she died between 1955 and 1961 which would put tom riddle in his mid-30s i had this thought that jacob could be a squib so i started looking into him and i found out that the english translation of kowalski is smith so that means he's related to hepzibah smith and that makes him a squib and not a nomad. And so that means that Jacob and Queenie do have legal grounds to wed in the wizarding world. Hepzibah and Jacob are also Hebrew first names. Right. So take note, I'm counting on, so I'm kind of thinking Hepzibah is related to Jacob's grandma. If you remember back to the first Fantastic Beast, there's a photo of his grandma right above his bed. And I'm thinking, you know, there must have been like some falling out between Hepzibah Smith and Jacob Kowalski's grandma. I'm thinking they might cross paths like soon in the next movie. Her name might come up. The grandmother's name might come up, but that's just an idea. Yeah, which for sure makes him a squib. So things to look forward to with this storyline. We get to see a young Tom Riddle. So Tom Riddle was born in 1926, and the third movie takes place uh, September-ish of 1939, which makes Riddle 13, which is right around the storyline of the Chamber of Secrets, mm -hmm. where Tom Riddle gets Hagrid in trouble, mm -hmm. gets Hagrid kicked out of school. So this is like the early storyline of where we see that diary that you were talking about, Lauren. Yeah. come into play. Yeah. This would be a great place for them to put that diary. For sure. Like, it just seems kind of like an obvious thing to have had happen, you right? know, with Vilvina having it. Now, how do you think they're going to approach the situation with Dumbledore looking super old in Chamber of Secrets and then he's still Jude Law right now? I have no idea. They jumped around a lot in Half-Blood Prince with him looking older but less haggard Yeah, when he first meets Tom Riddle at the orphanage. Yeah. So Just put I a beard on Jude Law and call it a day. That's all you need to do. I we know. don't care about consistency. We just need to see more Jude Law. It's totally fine. Right. But yeah, so you said that the third movie, like it, it's a, it's around that time. So 1939, like they've got to show that. Yeah. But what I'm really excited about is we get to see the early transition stages of Tom Riddle, how he becomes Voldemort, like the, the psyche of how Tom Riddle becomes Voldemort and putting the idea of Horcruxes. Okay, let me put a piece of my soul in this diary, you know? Right. And Dumbledore at this point is so focused on Grindelwald. He's not thinking of an alternate rise of like evil being coming to power. And this is where these missteps happen, where he's so focused on Grindelwald and focusing on his own problems and sending other people to do his work that the idea of Tom Riddle coming to power and dominating the wizarding world would never cross anybody's mind at that point. Yeah, it's interesting because at first I was like, I wonder if Tom Riddle was inspired by Grindelwald a little bit, but then I'm like, he's very egotistical. So he probably would have like despised him and saw like all his flaws and thought like how he could do the evil thing better, mm -hmm. you know, and not, I was not inspired by him or didn't look up to him. Didn't have a poster of him on his wall. He's probably like, that guy sucks. I'm going to do this better. And you guys are going to say Grindelwald who when right. I'm done. Exactly. And it, it like, yeah, Grindelwald's small potatoes at that point to Tom Riddle. 
He's just like, man, he's going to get caught. This is. He was taking notes, though, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm kind of counting on is we'll see Newt, Jacob, and Hepzibah cross paths at Borgen and Burks and Hepzibah eyeing the Slytherin locket. You know, yeah. that's that's how I think Jacob and Hepzibah will probably cross paths. That's going to be good. Yeah. No, no, no. And I'm curious to see how they'll reveal Jacob as being a squib and also Hufflepuff royalty. I don't know if like badgers will just flock to him. <laughs> like they'll be somewhere in, in Romania or somewhere with this series. They've traveled from the U.S. to the U.K. to Paris. So I'm kind of counting on some other international wizarding locations. Yeah, whether it's Baltic or or South America, I'm counting on a different change of scenery for these wizards. But I'm counting on them also running into Hepzibah Smith somewhere at Borgen and Burks. I'm definitely looking forward to the reveal of, because he for sure is a squib. Like I, in yeah. my mind, I have no doubt about this. Like, yes if he kind of figures it out himself and doesn't know what it is that he is, but he's like, are there people who are part of magical families that can't do magic? He might ask somebody this and I'm like, oh yeah, it's called this or it's called this in America or it's called this here. And I wonder too, because Filch, like he was a squib and he worked at Hogwarts. Yes. What if Jacob ends up working at Hogwarts as like the cook or something, or he ends up working there. Wouldn't that be like so fun? That'd be so much fun. And then you can learn about his history and his family and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. And Right. And it said, per the fandom app, that Helga Hufflepuff was brilliant with food-related charms. What? Yeah. And Jacob loves to bake. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. So I feel like- Yeah. There's this direct connection- between the two of them. This is amazing. So again, being so we're like royalty, sure. Yeah, yeah. This, you can't not include this. So I mean, I'm just curious how they're gonna translate that into onto the big screen. It's gonna be good. I'm so, so excited. The other thing I was really curious about was maybe Jacob will have a run-in with this Hufflepuff cup and he'll be the one who exposes the powers of what the cup is really used for because we've only seen it as a horcrux. That's true. I wonder what it does. Do you have any clues? No, it hasn't revealed itself yet. Wow. So I can't help but think like, even though he's a nomad, a squib, Mm -hmm. and this, maybe that will activate his powers and he'll become a wizard. Maybe like, you know, we'll know about some new Hufflepuff legend, like legend has it, the Hufflepuff cup glows when a Hufflepuff heir is near or something. I don't know. Wow. But I'm counting on Jacob revealing the powers of the cup because knowing that we only saw it when it when it was a horcrux and it was defiled with dark magic and Hermione take out a Hufflepuff cup with the basilisk thing mm-hmm. we only saw how it was taken down we didn't see we don't know the history of it yeah we just know that Helga Hufflepuff created it I'm just curious to see where they take it I think it's going to be really good so lots of things to look forward to oh this is going to be an exciting twist that other people probably didn't see coming but we're like just laying it out there Right. I mean, it's just so obvious. Like it has, this has to happen. Yeah. So other fun things to look forward to in terms of ancestry in the Potter universe, Bathilda Bagshot, Bathilda Bagshot. We know her as the elite Hogwarts historian. Every Hogwarts student gets a copy of Hogwarts history. It is like that textbook staple when you attend Hogwarts and she wrote it. It's the one that Hermione is like, have you even read Hogwarts history? (laughs) And Ron and Harry clearly have not. They didn't. Nope. 
Yep. Just thought I was a muggle for the, you know, the first 11 years of my life. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. But we remember Basilda as the creepy non-speaking elderly woman whose body was possessed by Nagini in the first half of the Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Hermione and Harry walking around Godric's Hollow? Oh yeah. I try to forget that moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you think back to the first half of the Deathly Hollows where Harry and Hermione were following Bethilda around her home, yeah. they show Rita Skeeter's highly publicized book, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. And the testimonies that came from that book were directly from Bethilda Bagshot when Rita Skeeter used Veritas serum on her, which is truth serum in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And she left a note in that book for, for Bethilda. And the note read, Dear Batty, thanks for your help. Here's a copy of the book. Hope you like it. You said everything, even if you don't remember it from Rita. She's just so sneaky. Oh, slimy. wicked. Can't get on board with Rita Skeeter at all. But because of that, like key word of dear baddie addressing her as dear baddie, I'm convinced Bethilda Bagshot is an unregistered Annie Magus, similar to Rita. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And that her animagus form is a bat. So, and while I realize everyone nicknamed Bethilda as batty due to her senile behavior in her elderly stages of life, I'm convinced that's an Easter egg. I agree with you. It it has to be. I mean, JK Rowling, that's what she does. The Easter eggs are there for a reason. Nothing Mm -hmm. is like left to chance. Like Case in point, going back to Fantastic Beasts. And also, per the fandom app, Bathilda took a liking to Dumbledore and thought he was just a super smart kid. Dumbledore apparently wrote this really impressive paper to this scholarly wizarding journal that focused trans species transfiguration and just thought, like, this is a protege. I yeah. should mentor him. I should get to know this kid. Like, he's got a lot going for him. I realize his family's a bit abnormal, but we also live in the wizarding world. So what's to find is normal here, folks, right? Exactly. Is there, do you know if there is a written copy? copy of this wizarding journal that he published this paper trans species not that i know of that would be really interesting to see because what does trans species mean that you can change from human human to animal or you can change from human to different animals of your choice see i was thinking yeah i was thinking different animals like human to different animals of your choice depending that's what i thought too yeah so maybe it's like your patronus is typically your spirit animal. Mm-hmm. But what if your spirit animal, well, that's the other thing. Your spirit animal is supposed to align with your animagus. So if hers is a bat, I can't see. Prongs, he was a stag. Yeah, but I can't see anybody else. The only example I have of individuals Patronuses changing is Tonks. Right. Yeah, she went from a rabbit to something else. Yeah, so it's not I unheard think, of. Yeah. And he maybe he knew her parents or her grandparents. Yeah. And maybe it was a generational and trait. It was right after Tonks became more involved with Lupin. Mm-hmm. And that's when her, I think it changed to something of a, of a werewolf also. Oh, wow. Yeah, her Patronus. So, anywho, back to Basilda. Basilda Bagshot is also Grindelwald's aunt and Dumbledore's neighbor in Godric's Hollow. So, Basilda has this like mindset of like, oh, I should go get to know my neighbors. To back up even further, the Dumbledores moved to Godric's Hollow after Albus's dad got arrested and sent to Azkaban. Mm-hmm. And he got sent to Azkaban because of the three boys, the three muggle boys that tormented Ariana. Mm-hmm. He killed them. He oh. just lost it. 
went off the deep end. He came forth with it. He didn't hide it. He said, I just killed these boys. They sent him straight to Azkaban and that was that. So Kendra Dumbledore wanting a fresh start, moved the family to Godric's Hollow, enter Basilda Bagshot. Basilda took it upon herself to try and be friendly with the Dumbledores. Kendra wasn't really in the mood. She was more focused on her family and getting them acclimated to this new environment. As an end result, Basilda ended up bonding with Dumbledore, talking fun scholarly wizarding things, introduces Dumbledore to Grindelwald, who are at that point the same age. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are today. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to seeing a younger Professor Bagshot in the upcoming Fantastic Beasts series, because I think she's going to be, a I won't say a huge asset, but we'll see her in the thick of writing Hogwarts of history. We'll see her, I don't know, maybe the wizarding community will highlight some stronger female wizards. We saw a younger McGonagall in the second Fantastic Beast movie. I think Bagshot, we're going to see some of her more humanizing traits along with how smart she is and see those historical things come into play. Like we might see her do some research on the blood pact and how to break it. Yeah, I feel like she She's an incredibly influential character to the wizarding world that when we are entering the Harry Potter world, it's very established what she did, but we'll see it in its beginning stages. Because if you think Hogwarts of history, that is such an important book. It is. It is. Absolutely. Nicholas Flamel. Mm -hmm. His character in the first movie was just like, it was very subliminal. Yeah. It was just very much brushed over, but it was a key pieced like the Sorcerer's Stone. This guy invented the Sorcerer's Stone and yet we've never met him. Cue the second Fantastic Beast movie where we finally get to meet him and get to see the Sorcerer's Stone in the safe and it's like subtly highlighted. It's a very like blink and you miss it Easter egg, but it was just, it was there. And I was like, Oh, I see it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But lots of things to look forward to. It's Professor Bagshot. Moving on to part two of the Tycho Dodonis prophecy. We have some new characters to look forward to. To start off with, we have Cassandra Vavlatsky. She's a well-known seer and Sybil Trelawney's great grandmother. Like I'm so excited to see this. She was born in 1894, which was like a great time to introduce her in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Mm-hmm. She would be right around Queenie and Tina's age bracket. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. My educated guess is that there is a second part to this Tycho Dodonis prophecy, but it's delivered by Cassandra Vavlatsky, Sybil Trelawney's great-grandmother. Due to there being a two-part prophecy done by Sybil in the Harry Potter franchise, I'm convinced they'll introduce her, her great-grandmother, in giving this the second part of the Tycho Dodonis theory like they have a pattern of theories being two parts mm-hmm. and I feel like Dumbledore will either cross paths with Wablatsky and that's why he so many years later trusts Sybil because Sybil predicted Harry Potter's birth and who would take down Voldemort yeah in both and the second part of Sybil Trelawney's prophecy with Harry Potter came in the prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. So that's why Dumbledore was so focused on Harry saying, what did she say? How did she say it? Are you sure it was a prophecy? And he was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm dead. Sure. Like I'm positive. So I think he's experienced a Trelawney slash Woblatsky prophecy before, like he's speaking from firsthand experience. And that's why he takes these things so seriously. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. But I I mean, I have some thoughts 
on where they could take it. Like we said before, Dumbledore in Old English translates to bumblebee. You know, rosier translates to rose tree or rose bush. Bees and flowers go together. I'm just saying this could definitely be a thing. Yep. So I wouldn't. He pollinated the flower. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Moving on to the House of Gaunt. So the founder of the first wizarding school in the U.S. is an ancestor to Voldemort through the House of Gaunt. The backstory on Isolt Sawyer. So Isolt's mother's maiden name is Gaunt, which is of the House of Gaunt, which is a direct ancestor of Salazar Slytherin. So she basically humanizes every Slytherin trait. She's from Ireland And she escapes living with her evil aunt and starts a new life in America, starting with building a new school of witchcraft and wizardry in the U.S. So there is so much that we have not covered that there is to look forward to with the Zolt Sawyer's storyline. We barely touched the surface. I highly recommend everybody to look on the fandom app and search Zolt Sawyer because it it is magnificent. She... Again, it's just like the t- like we barely touched the tip of the iceberg here, folks. Yeah. Um, it was so there's so much adventure and again, so much to look forward to with his old storyline. And I really hope that they bring in this this story in particular to the big screen. So also things to look forward to. We might have some Potter ancestry cameos. Fleamont Potter was born before 1909 which would, again, put him in the storyline or prime storyline for the third Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. So he was the potioner that created the Sleek Easy Hair Potion, which is how the Potter family became so well off. He's James Potter's dad, which is Harry's paternal grandfather. And while he passed away before Harry was born, he passed away a few days after James and Lily got married. I'm curious to see genetic traits in Fleamont that Harry carries. While Lily was great at also making potions, which was a trait that Harry picked up on, he's also getting it from his grandpa. Yeah. And the big hair don't care. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So another Potter cameo to look forward to. And I'm guessing they'll like tie it in as like a legend. Abraham Potter, American wizard related to Harry Potter. He attended Evil Morning School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And he was also one of the first 11 Aurors of the U.S., So kind of like the founding fathers of like our Declaration of Independence, he was that to the wizarding community in the U.S. when it became first established. Those are our two main Potter cameos for the Fantastic Beasts series to look forward to. Okay, so how do you think they're going to end the Fantastic Beasts series? I think Credence eventually comes to terms with the fact that Grindelwald is not the side to choose in this scenario. And similar to Harry Potter, Credence knows that he has to die in order for Grindelwald to not prevail. We also don't see Credence appear in any of the future Potter series. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he does die. I'm thinking the Sword of Gryffindor makes an appearance. And things to know about the Sword of Gryffindor that we were not told about in in the initial Harry Potter series. The sword has, (laughs) the sword has definitely seen a lot of action prior to Harry Potter at this point. The sword absorbs the magic it defeats. If you think back to the Chamber of Secrets, when Harry kills the basilisk with the sword, Mm -hmm. it's absorbing that basilisk venom. And the power, yeah, to kill other horcruxes. When the sword was used on 
and the Slytherin locket, Mm -hmm. it absorbed that magic, plus all the previous magic, and defeated that Horcrux. And that's why the Slytherin locket was so, like, anxious when the Sword of Gryffindor came near it. It feared its power, you know? It knew. This is not ending well for me. Yeah, nope, nope. And I'm going to come off as, you know, vicious as possible. As, you know, legend has it, the Sword of Gryffindor shows up to a Gryffindor in need. My educated guess is that Albus Dumbledore uses it on Credence, hoping that it will absorb his Obscurus and not kill him in the process. Wow. So by the time that sword gets to Harry, it's also absorbed an Obscurus. So do you think the spirit of Credence is living in that sword? Absolutely. That's crazy, but it makes sense. Again, that's just a, a fragment of the the action this sword has seen. Like this is a, a wizarding weapon of mass destruction that it only presents itself to the people that won't abuse it too. Perhaps Credence, he takes his own life that because be the it. sword appears to him. Because that could be, oh, that's I good. Don't know, I don't know how Albus could live with killing his sister and then killing his son. And I think Credence will see it at the very end that like Dumbledore realizes that this is his son and he can't go through with it. And Credence sees what needs to be done and he does it himself because he finally finds out for where he belongs and he realizes it's to a good person. And then he takes one for the team. That can definitely be it. Also, I'm thinking the blood of an Obscurus is what might be needed to break the, break blood, the pact. blood pact. Yeah. So it's Credence's self-sacrifice with the sword of Gryffindor absorbing its dark magic mm-hmm. that allows Harry 50 plus years later to destroy all the Horcruxes in order to beat Voldemort, which would yeah. tie both of the Tycho Dodonis prophecy and the prophecy that Trelawney gives together. Yeah. Like one prophecy can't happen without the other. Yeah, that's true. This is why the Fantastic Beast series is so crucial. It This story has to be told. It's all these pieces of history or wizarding history. So if you remove a piece, Harry's story can't be told at all. Right. This is why J.K. Rowling has emphasized the back end of this so much and why this series has to be seen on the big screen. Sure. I mean, yeah. it just makes that the Harry Potter world so much richer. It does. Because these things that J.K. Rowling is mentioning in the books, they don't just fall flat somewhere and there's nothing to it. There's a history, there's a story, there's something deeper behind each and every detail. And like, what a gift to be able to see that come to life on screen. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me about these weird and fun, like dreams that you've been having, Harry Potter dreams that are a little creepy about how um, clairvoyant they may or may not be. Yes. And I don't know if it's like Harry Potter ESP Or I was just staring at all these storyboards in my living room for way too long. And it just like seeped into my subconscious. (laughs) It for sure did. But as I was in the thick of brainstorming on these theories, definitely had some interesting dreams to give you a better picture of how things went, because dreams are bizarre. But this one in particular was I felt it was definitely directed by Christopher Nolan. It was dark. It had an inception feel to it. And for those of you who have read The Cursed Child, this was The Cursed Child, but from Draco's perspective. I did see him grieving his wife. I did see him struggling with his son, but it was just everything from Draco's perspective. And I was like, why would I need to see this from Draco's perspective? But it was it was so bizarre. And the other aspect of this dream that I kept seeing was it was a white background with a flat black image of a scorpion and it was 
like blinking or flashing at me almost to the point where it was like yelling. Like it had to get my attention. Even when I was in the middle of Draco's perspective of the cursed child, the black scorpion flat image would come back again, blinking at me. And I can still to this day see it for whatever reason. The dream kept emphasizing the color. So I got on the fandom app and I used their search of Black Scorpion and the name Damien Bandrell came up, who was an American wizarding criminal who operated in the 1920s as a forger of potions and spells. And his wanted poster was featured in the first Fantastic Beast movie. This is crazy. It was so bizarre. I was really counting on like somebody's Patronus being a scorpion for whatever reason. And then you made actually a really good point. You're like, well, what if it's related to Scorpius? who is Draco Malfoy's son. And I was just like, yeah, but like at the same time, it was really emphasizing Black Scorpion. So when I Googled this, it just made so much sense. And I was like, maybe we'll see a tie with this guy, Damien, forging potions or spells with the Malfoys. I don't know, because the Malfoys made their money through potions and through an apothecary. I don't know if they like dealt, if the Malfoys dealt with the black market of potion making. I'm looking for it. Perhaps. Yes. Here's an idea. Here's my thought. Okay. Last week we were talking about Belvina uses uses a potion on Dumbledore. Yeah. Perhaps she uses Slughorn and she asks him, can you make me this love potion? But he doesn't want to do it because he likes her and he's worried about her. She's young. He doesn't want to give her this love potion. She entered Damien Bandrell. She finds him because she, maybe she knows a Malfoy. She's in Slytherin house and she's like, do you have anybody that makes potions? And she's introduced to this guy. That's a good theory. Maybe. Wait, I would love for my Harry Potter ESP to actually be a thing. <laughs> right. Like, I think I want that more than anybody. And if this actually pans out, that would just be quote unquote magical. You will know that you are like distantly related to Professor Trelawney. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, this is real. I, yep, I'm all of this checks out. <laughs> yep. Hogwarts actually exists. We're going. Goodbye, right? everyone. <laughs> The other bizarre dream I had, and I can honestly say, I think this was truly influenced by reading Isolde Sawyer's story because it came. Such a good story. Oh, it's so good, guys. Do yourself a solid and read it on fandom. But I had a dream of Tina, Queenie, and Newt wandering through the woods looking for hair of a wampus cat to like build a wand, like a special wand. And a wampus cat is, okay, you know how Hogwarts has their houses for distinct animals? Yes. Ivil Morney has the same thing and a wampus cat is one of them. I have no idea if there's any like specialty wand that needs to be made in this Fantastic Beast series, but that was my dream. And it was Tina, Queenie, and Newt looking for a hair of a wampus cat to be the core of a wand. And they were just like, it's a really dangerous mission. And I was like, but you guys are up to it. Go for it, you guys. I believe in you. That's Again. really cool. I need to have more of those kind of dreams. That'd be great. Yeah. Also, this is what influenced my dreams during quarantine. So again, my subconscious had a lot of downtime too, clearly. Yeah. But I mean, look what came of it. This theory was so fun to, it was so fun to go on this journey of this theory with you. And it made me think outside of the box and kind of get me going too, you know, cause I love a good plot twist. I love, you know, complicated storylines. It's so fun. And this world is just so rich and deep with those things. It's like, gosh, such a great brain vacation. Absolutely. Regardless of what my dreams mean or whether or not these theories actually pan out on the big screen, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Fantastic Beasts return to the big screen in 2022. Same. I can't wait to go see it. Yeah. So I also want to support the crew and the cast. 
mm-hmm. because they hustled so hard during the pandemic to make this movie. They really did. Shout out to the cast and crew for keeping the spirit of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts alive and just making sure that the fans got a great film. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. This week's spotlight goes out to Jessica Castillo Art. Jessica Castillo is your go-to seasonal home art decor specialist. Jessica's specialty is woodworking, holiday artwork, along with some occasional paintings. Jessica's home art decor is made to order and ships out within three days. You can find all of her fun seasonal artwork on her Etsy shop at Jessica Castillo Art. You can also follow Jessica on Instagram at Jessica Castillo Art. We are so excited to have launched our Etsy store that has a variety of custom-made digital downloads designed by yours truly. For this week only, September 22nd through the 29th, we are offering 20% off our Etsy store with the code LISTEN20. The link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. This coupon code is only available to those who have listened to our episode. The fangirls are so appreciative of our faithful listeners, and we want to say thank you for the first three five-star written reviews on Apple Podcasts we received from September 1st on we will mail you a special gift. Email us a screenshot of the review at the fangirls podcast at yahoo.com to enter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. Visit our Etsy store and explore a collection of fun fandom digital downloads. We want to connect with our fellow fans. So give us a follow on Instagram at the fangirls podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast LLC are not affiliated with the following. Fandom, the Fandom app, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, Warner Brothers Studio, or any of the cast and crew affiliated with the Fantastic Beasts or Harry Potter cast. Well said. Thank you. We're just really big fans. We're just super big fans. We dream about it, eat about All it. All the time. Sleep about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. All of those things. Wish we were wizards. Yeah, I, I wish we were too. Maybe <laughs> we're squibs. Who knows? Oh, oh. We probably are. That would that would tie in the e- the Harry Potter ESP. <laughs> That would make me feel so much better about myself. Like, I think and I know things. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.